As a small business owner, have you ever felt overwhelmed by the pressure of choosing the right hire or leading a team? Or have you ever found yourself tolerating a bad hire because you fear trying and failing again as you repeat the hiring process? If so, you're not alone and you are in the right place. Welcome to the Growing Your Team podcast. The Growing Your Team podcast teaches business owners like you to expand your unique business by teaching you to master the hiring and team management process. Hiring and managing a team does not have to be a challenge. You just have to learn to do it right. And the Growing Your Team podcast teaches you how to become a confident leader who hires right every single time. Now, let's jump into the show where each episode, you will learn tips on how to identify what type of help you need on your team, how to source amazing candidates, how to conduct interviews that lead you to your idea team member, how to onboard successfully, and how to lead every person in your business so you have a team of rock stars who you are happy to pay every single paycheck. So let's jump in and teach you how to hire like a pro. Hello, Jamie Van Kuyk here, and welcome back to the Growing Your Team podcast. Today, I have on guest Julie Fry. Julie is the founder of Your Expert Guest, a podcast guest booking agency for female founders and impact-driven leaders who want to speak directly to their idea clients without spending hours on social media. She and her team have booked over 1,500 interviews for their clients and can track hundreds of thousands of dollars of business back to being a podcast guest on top-ranked shows. When she's not working with her amazing team of guests and host matchmakers, she loves spending time with her family, watching SNL sketches, and of course, listening to podcasts. I have been a client of Julie's for a while now, and I asked her to come onto the show after I received an email from her that she sent out to her email list. This email was talking about picking the right people to represent you and how when you pick the wrong people to really represent you, it can impact your image as a business leader or as a business. And I agree with this so much that I said, you need to come onto the podcast to talk about this. This podcast is going to be a lot from the perspective of podcasts and getting on podcasts and having people pitch you to podcasts, but it applies to so much within your business. Anything that you are hiring, whether it's an external company, a freelancer, a contractor, or even an internal team member to communicate to those outside your organization who you don't have a relationship with on your behalf or even those you're hiring to speak with people outside of your business that you do currently have a relationship with, how they can impact the future of that relationship, both good and bad. When you select the wrong people to represent you, it's not just a bad investment for the dollars that went out paying those people. It can severely negatively impact the overall path of your revenue because not only are you losing out on that money you paid someone, you're losing out on business. You're losing out on future relationships. You could be damaging your reputation and not even knowing it because you're not aware of how they are portraying your business to others. So this is why it's super, super important to select the right people to represent you. Those people that are a part of your team, whether they are your internal team or your external team, that you are hiring. You want to make sure that they are fantastic and going to represent you in the same way that you would represent yourself. 
In addition to that, we're also going to talk about hiring someone specifically to book you for podcasts and whether that's a good plan for your business and your goals. So you'll hear about that. And like I said, while the majority of this conversation is about podcasts, this applies to anything in your business when you are having someone else represent you and lead communication with people outside your business. So let's jump into the conversation. Hi, Julie. Welcome to the Growing Your Team podcast. Thanks so much, Jamie. I am thrilled and delighted to be here. I know. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. I cannot wait to talk about this topic. But before we jump into everything, can you take a moment to introduce yourself and your business? Of course. So my name is Julie Fry, and I am the founder of Your Expert Guest. We are a podcast guest booking agency for female founders and impact-driven business owners. Yes, I love it. And for full disclosure, I've been a client of Julie's and her and her team are so amazing at what they do that I actually go in sprints with Julie where it's like, okay, six months on, I feel like I've been talking on podcasts way too often. So let's take a few months off and then come back for another six months. And once again, like every time her and her team knock it out of the park of getting me on a, a lot of podcasts. So they are fantastic at what they do. Well, and you make it really easy because you're the best guest. Like you do, you check all the boxes of how you should approach podcast guesting. So I'll get to share some of the ways that you have shined on podcasts too. So um, this is definitely going to be a mutual love fest. <laughs> good, good. I love it. But one of the things I want to say with that, which I think is going to be really, really important for today's conversation is someone could be the best guest but if they don't have the right people presenting them well, when it goes to pitching, it doesn't matter how they're going to show up once that episode recording happens, or once that episode is live, when it comes to promoting it, it's, it really is that, that whole package and how every step you and your organization present to these people when you want something from them. Mm -hmm, mm hmm. Yeah, we've so. got we've got some horror stories to share yes. <laughs> of what not to do. Yeah. So, you know, for those listening, the reason why I really wanted to bring Julie on today is really to kind of talk about that experience of you hire somebody to represent your company and why you need to do your due diligence to make sure that that person is going to represent your company the way you want to be represented and how it can impact your company and organization when that person doesn't represent you well and the reputation and stuff that's being built on your behalf that you might or might not have control over based on who you hire. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. This, I mean, might be a good place to start is, yeah, I think what prompted this conversation is I had an email go out recently about considerations when you're considering hiring out your podcast pitching. Um, because I know there are a number of business owners that either hire a VA specifically for that task, or they just pick someone on their team that they think, oh yeah, they can do it. Um, or they will consider hiring a professional service, like an individual that specializes in podcast pitching or an agency that does it. So um, Jamie e responded to that email. She's like, I want to have you on the podcast to talk about this. <laughs> yes, yes, it was great. And yeah. for those listening, if you don't have a podcast, this applies to so many things in your business. It could be the person doing your marketing, writing your newsletters that you think you've completely handed off. It could be the person who is helping you with your email when you get so mm -hmm. overwhelmed and they're responding to people on your behalf, whether it's through your email. So the person that's on the other side doesn't know it's someone else talking, or even if it's an assistant that is responding on your behalf from their own email address. It's like anytime you're letting someone else handle that communication that speaks to someone outside your organization and why it's really important to, to make sure you're putting the right person in that role. And as Julie said, that you're not just selecting some random person on your team that might be able to do it. That's such a good point that you brought up, Jamie, about it really applies to every aspect of your business because it's about that alignment of your reputation and your voice. 
Um, so to that point of if somebody is, if, if you have a consumer facing business and you have somebody that is acting on your behalf that doesn't really care about the client experience or the customer experience, then that's trouble for your brand reputation. And so we're going to be speaking mostly about just how it applies to uh, the podcast or the PR pitching piece, but it definitely applies to every aspect of your business. So yeah. just think about who you have in different roles and um, consider whether they're the best person to be doing that for the face of your brand. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And we're going to get a lot more into that pitching, but just like one little thing to kind of add for that, like I'll just share this, uh, this personal example and everything. And this obviously is a positive example. When I first worked with Julie and her team, Julie was my point of contact. She was sending me all the emails and everything. The second time around, one of her team members was my point of contact for the organization. She was the one communicating with me and everything. And that point of contact was great. She was fantastic. But if not, here I am a client and I, I go went back to Julie because I wanted the same client experience. Do you want to make sure your team members are providing that same client experience and communicating at the expectations of your organization and not throwing those things off so you're losing clients as well? So, but so congrats Julie on training your team well <laughs> and getting the right people on your team that could represent your team and your organization really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, definitely as you hire, because um, as I've moved out of working directly with clients, I am a hundred percent confident that my team is better at it than I am um, because they're all much better at using project management systems and checking all the boxes of the different steps. So yeah. Um, but thank you. I'm glad. I mean, I knew you had that experience, but it's always nice to hear again. And yes. I'll definitely tell Avi to listen to this podcast episode when it goes yes, live. Definitely. She's been fantastic. Yeah. She's yeah. Awesome. So, all right, well, let's talk about pitching, you know, specifically podcast pitching. And let's just talk a little bit about that first impression. What is that first impression? Like when you, when someone's receiving that pitch, yeah. So, and you know, better than anybody because you're a podcast host and you probably get a lot of pitches, I'm guessing. Um, so just things to think about when you have somebody representing you, um, that you want to keep the host audience top of mind. Like that's really what the host cares about is what are you going to be able to do for their audience? And we, um, had worked for a very short time on behalf of a PR agency who was representing a really high level client. Um, and we were responsible for the podcast pitching and we pitch in our style, which is very much catered to the host. Obviously we tout why this person is, is great and what their credentials are, but really it's about the host and their audience and what they can do for them. And so you know, we get the yes from the host from this very, you know, top rated show and the, the PR agent then goes directly to the host and starts asking things like, what are your downloads? Um, I need to know all these different stats about your show really to see if my client wants to do this or not. And I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> um, and so long story short, we ended up you know, getting out of that relationship. But the host told me, he said, you know, Julie, we did do business with you and accept most of the guests that you send our way because you're very relationship oriented about how you approach the pitching. There's one thing that turns me off um, about pitches, especially from a lot of PR agencies, is they're very transactional. And all they care about is what we're going to do for their client rather than what they really should care about is what we can do for their client. And so that's just something that I, I don't hear about it a ton, but just to think in terms of how can you be of service and making sure that whoever is representing you is presenting you in that way. And the best way to learn what that would look like is before you hire somebody ask to see a copy of some of their pitches, because that will tell you right away if it's going to be all about the person that they're representing, or is it going to be leaning into how can you serve their audience? So definitely focus on that piece rather than being all about you. 
Yes. And uh, I can definitely echo everything that you just said. As you said, like being on the side of a podcast host, host, I get so many pitches and a lot of them I say no to. And, and I say no, because I read the first two paragraphs of this email and I'm just like, okay, why should I care about this? Mm-hmm. Like there's mm-hmm. no connection between me and my podcast and my audience. And it's just like every one of their successes. And I'm just like, okay, I talk to small businesses. I could really care less that your one of your clients was Google. Because guess what? The way you're going to go work with Google and the way you're going to go work with a, a business that has 15 employees are completely different. And, and like all these things where I'm just like, and also my podcast is niche. We talk mm-hmm. about hiring. We're not mm-hmm. talking about everything business. So mm-hmm. when they come over and they're like, and this person helped increase this company's sales by 3000%. I'm just like, okay, good. But what yeah. does that have anything to do with their teams? And yeah. I'm just like, if they can't connect their pitch to my podcast, and it seems like just a generic pitch that's going out, I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is so important to make sure that they customize the pitch to each podcast host because of that very reason. Um, there might be some shows that care that, you know, you Google was one of your clients and that you increase sales by a certain percentage, but that's not going to be Jamie's podcast. So just again, whoever is doing this for you, make sure that you ask that question about how do you approach your pitches? Because if they're just writing one pitch and then that's what goes out, that's no bueno. (laughs) Don't, don't, don't hire that company or that person. Yes. Yeah. Cause it does look bad. Like there is actually one organization that pitches a bunch of people for podcasts. And I know they have lots of clients cause I get lots of emails from them. And I pretty much know that if I get a pitch from them, it's almost immediately going into the, tr- into the trash, that it is not going to be a fit for my show that they're just like, how many people can I pitch this month and hope that I get my clients on a few shows. And, and it's just like, it just it doesn't feel right. Like when me as a podcast host, I know that if I get a pitch from them, it's going to be a crappy pitch. That's not someone that you should be working with because you're going to be lucky that you get on shows, not strategically getting on shows. Yeah. There's with, within the agency world of podcast pitching or booking, there's two different formats. So there is the quota based format where as a client, you would say, okay, I want to get booked on four shows a month. And that's how they package and price their services is based on the number of shows that you're going to be on every single month. Um, so something to consider, and I'm not saying that it's right or wrong, but having come from a background in sales, when you're quota driven, sometimes if you're not quite at quota, you might make choices that are not in the best interest of the customer, um, because you're trying to hit those numbers. And so it's interesting because part of what we do when we're working with clients is we'll do research to see what shows are the, are the competition on. And oftentimes I can tell which agencies some of the folks that we are researching have worked with because they're going on shows. And I'm like, that is not a good show for you to be on based on what your goals are and the audience that you're trying to get in front of. And so it just makes me question like, hmm, wonder if they were trying to hit that fourth podcast for the month that they hadn't quite secured. So, um, so that's one structure. And then the other structure is an agency like ours that doesn't promise a certain number of podcasts within a month. Um, we, we'll work with clients if we feel confident that we can get them on a range of a certain number of podcasts. And so, um, you know, we want to see, we want our clients to see a return on, on investment. And so if we don't feel confident that we can get our clients on a certain number of podcasts, then we wouldn't take them on anyway. But, um, that way I feel like we're working in the best interests of our clients to get them on the very best shows that we can get them on to help them reach their goals. Yes, definitely. And, you know, from being a client, I definitely can say you do very well at that. If you look at it and I'm like, I forget exactly what, what it is, because I feel like we've worked together and, and now a year total split up over different times, but I'm just like, yeah, I trust them, like do what they're going to do. And I'm going to get on shows, but I think it's what the package you guys pitch me for to five different shows a month. Mm-hmm. And it's like the acceptance rate is so high 
And it's just like, I know they pitched me to five, at least three are going to say yes. And those other two, there's probably going to be some reason other than a 100%. Nope. We don't want Jamie on the show at all. That's going to, that's going to happen. And, and it's, it's confident where there's other agencies. It's like, you'd probably look at them and be like, wait, you're only going to pitch me to five shows a month. Like that means I might not get on any. And so it's really looking at like the person that can strategically get you the right results without having to just like blast you everywhere. It's yeah. um it's actually one of those things where I talk about like, you know, being a podcast host, I will admit that if you compare my downloads to a lot of other podcast downloads, especially in the business realm, my downloads are fairly low, but my mm-hmm. podcast produces an amazing return on investment for me and my business because of the fact that I'm talking about things my clients need to hear when they need to hear it and people contact me. It's a great tool for for my business. But if I just looked and said, I need to get all these downloads, all these downloads, all these downloads, is why does that matter? I don't do ads. I'm not making revenue off of people just listening to my podcast. I'm making revenue off people do with after they listen to my podcast. And it's the same like with podcast pitching. Someone is going to pitch you to a hundred shows a month, but you only get on two. (laughs) what's the point but someone that pitches you to five a month and you get on three that means the person you're working with is probably presenting your company better and is a lot more strategic in what they are doing yeah so you said so much there that had a ton of value so that vanity metrics piece which i think we all can fall prey to right you know you get into the comparison trap of oh that person has more downloads or that person has more clients or you know whatever it is but what really is the most important thing is what what are the what's the ROI on the different things that you're doing and that's really what matters. Um, same thing for us. I mean, we may not have as many clients as some of those other agencies, but like we have the best clients in the world and it makes our job that much easier because, you know, there's a reason that a host is saying yes to you like three times out of the five times that we pitch you is because you've got great information to share. You're really helpful. And we're super specific on the places that we pitch you that we know that you're an easy yes for them. So, um, yeah, I just like try not to get caught up in the numbers. I know it's hard to do, but at the end of the day, it's really about like, what are the results? That's what really matters. Correct. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And you said something there that I think leads kind of to like my next question and everything. Like you said, you have the best guests, but I think part of that is your you're very selective of who you work with. You're very good about your marketing. You attract a certain type of guest because that's the message that you put out there. But there's some people that, you know, aren't the right, aren't the right client for you. Mm-hmm. And so they're, you're not going to work with them. They are, and they're not going to get the right results out of working right. with you. And some of those people, it might just be that maybe they're not ready to work mm-hmm. with somebody. So when or who should not hire an agency to book them on podcasts? Ooh, I love this question. Um, I was at a retreat not that long ago, and one of the other women there was a newer business owner, and she had told me that she had hired a company to help get her booked on podcasts, which um, depending on your budget, and if you want to do that right out of the gate when you're a new business owner, like go for it. But one of the things that I think comes and happens early on in your business is you're refine, like you're defining and refining your message. And so, um, who, what you might be talking about and who you might be talking to year one of your business may be very different year three of your business. So the people that I suggest don't hire out their podcast pitching are people that are at the very early stage of their business. Um, somebody that does not have a marketing budget. Again, if you're going to hire it out, if you want to do it yourself and just trade that time for the expense it would cost, then go for it. But, you know, if you're hiring it out, it's going to be a a line item in your budget. um, And you want to be able to plan for that. Um, The other group of people, I would say, if you don't have consistent revenue in your business, I wouldn't suggest it. Because again, it's going to be, a line item in your budget that you're hiring out and it's, it's an expense that will hopefully have an ROI, but if you can't predictably count on revenue, then you might not be ready for hiring this piece out. 
Um, those are the first three that come to mind. Um, there are also categories of businesses that I would say are tougher, but they're probably not listening to your show. <laughs> they're not, they're not, you know, firms that are are growing. So I will just, I'll table that one. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. And, and I definitely have like, I think firsthand experience with what you just shared, Julie, like I was on some podcasts really early on in my business. So people that invited me to be on their shows and they're ones, if I go back and share podcasts that I've been on, and I think even on my website where I list all the podcasts, some of them, I just kind of cross off the list and it's not there anymore because those podcast episodes don't properly reflect yeah. the business that I have today. And while they might be good content for where I was at that point in time, they're not worth me marketing anymore. So yeah. I can say that yeah, if you're at those early stages of your business where you're figuring things out, you're pivoting, it's not, it's not always the best use of your dollars to have someone else be pitching you. You know, I even know, like I've had some, some people that I know that I invited on my podcast to talk about some, some very specific things, but their business has changed so much since that we've talked since they've been on my show that I'm just like, huh, oh, sometimes it's hard for me to even promote that episode. So I'm just like, oh, here they are. Well, now what they're doing is completely different, but I'm like, yeah. still go listen to this content. So it is one of those things you got to use your dollars wisely. Wait, it's just yeah. like we talk about with all the hiring. You're not always in a spot where that it's the right hire for your business. It's not going to get you the good return on your investment. Yeah, for sure. And you have to have time to do the interviews, right? Because if you're doing, you know, two interviews a week, um, you know, that's at least two hours. And then you've got a little bit of prep time, like listening to the podcast and, you know, making sure that you're telling stories that align to that podcast. So just making sure that you have the available time. We had a client um, a couple of years ago that her business was growing like crazy and she was having to reschedule like every single interview. And so it was frustrating for us and the hosts and ultimately her because like she was paying for the service that then she wasn't properly utilizing because she was too busy to do the interviews. So um, yeah, just things to keep in mind as you're going down that journey. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of why, like I've worked with you in sprints is because sometimes your guys are getting me on so many shows that I'm just like, oh my gosh, I feel like I've been talking on podcasts and sharing these same things like over and over and over again. And then I'm doing these interviews for my podcast yeah. and recording my solo episode. I'm just like, I need a break. Yeah. I need a breather. I <laughs> let's we'll circle back in a few months and do that yeah. next sprint. So, you know, it's, it is, it sometimes can, it can get to be a lot, especially when you're getting that good return on your investment. Yeah. I do love the way that you, you do it. And we've had a few other clients that are kind of following that same routine. Um, like one that's just coming to the end of her agreement. And this is her for like, she had never been on a podcast before working with us. She's like, this is so much fun and such a great way to market my business. I love it. And I only planned this in my budget for six months, but I'm going to shuffle some things around so that I can come back fourth quarter. Um, so anyway, yeah, it's, and that's something that I would strongly recommend is that if you are doing this and utilizing it as a marketing strategy to like measure and track your results. So, um, don't just do it for the sake of doing it. Like look at where, you know, where are your discovery calls coming from? What shows are they coming from? Um, where, what types of shows are you really like getting a great deep connection with the host that then kind of turn into collaboration opportunities or speaking invites so that then you're doing more of those types of shows and you can partner with your agency to make sure that you're continuing to do more of what works. Yes, exactly. And that's like one of the great things about you is, you know, you sit down at the beginning, it's like, okay, what's going on? What are your goals? When we started working together again for the second time, you're like, all right, I have everything from before, but what's changed? What should we focus on now? What worked? What didn't work? And we're able to keep that conversation going. And through those conversations, you know, I was able to say, all right, the clients I'm getting when I, when I do podcasts in this industry or the potential clients, the sales calls, they're not really the right fit. The mm -hmm. ones I'm getting when we talk in front of this industry are the right fit. Let's do more of those. And because mm -hmm. we are able to have that conversation, just one of the podcasts that recently aired it, like when we're recording this, I think it aired two weeks ago. I got a speaking gig off of it. I have a sales call coming off off of it. I've received multiple Instagram messages from listeners about how it really resonated with them. 
And so, yeah, when you're working with those right people, they're helping you niche down to your goals and really focus on those goals. It helps. And with the tracking, there's so many different things you can do with tracking. Obviously, when it comes for me in sales calls, I ask everybody if they didn't already tell me in some way, how did you find out about growing your team? So I'm always mm -hmm. keeping track. Did it come from a podcast? If so, mm -hmm. which one? And then when you go on podcasts and you share links, especially for downloads, you can give tractable links and everything. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we use a lot of time pretty links, mm -hmm. which you can do like go to growingyourteam.com slash something related to that podca podcast uh, name. So you can know and the back end, how many clicks did I get because of that podcast? How many downloads did I get because of that podcast? It's so smart. So smart. I love that you do that. See, I'm the worst example of that because like we have a resource for um, folks that want to be the best guest ever. And um, I didn't pretty link it. It's just growingyourteam.com slash checklist. So, <laughs> but I love that you do that. And we do have a number of clients that have pretty links so that they can create a custom link for each show that they're on and see which shows are driving the, driving the numbers. And Julie, I just love that you directed them to my checklist, but I think yours is at yourexpertguest.com. Did I say growing checklist. your team? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know. See, it's morning for me, Jamie, and I haven't had enough coffee, clearly. <laughs> but you can go to growingyourteam.com slash checklist and download my hired checklist, but chances are you've already heard me promote that a bunch of times. So go to Julie's website, yourexpertguest.com slash checklist and get the be the best guest ever checklist. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh gosh, that's right. Thanks for saving me, Jamie. You're yeah, the you're best. so welcome. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. I think we talked about this a little bit, but I'm sure you have more to share. So, someone is now at the point where they're like, "Yes, I need to hire someone to help me with this pitching." What should they really look for? What should be their top considerations when they go to find somebody to help them? Oh, such a good question. Okay. So um, a couple of things that I always encourage people to ask of us, even if they don't, are when you have, first off, have a call with them. Like, don't just hire somebody without having a call with them to check for alignment. Um, when you have your call, ask what types of clients do you work with? Because um, this happens to us sometimes. Like we had somebody reach out to us that was a writer for, um, for TV. And then she coaches other writers on screenwriting. Like it's something that we have no experience with. Like we don't have any contacts in that space. It would be a hundred percent cold pitching. So I was very upfront with her and said, you know, we have zero experience. Um, you know, I don't know that we would be the best fit for you. So find out if they have worked with clients like you before. Um, just the same way, like I'm a big fan of hiring bookkeepers and CPAs that specialize in your industry. So they understand it. So that would be number one. Um, just check for fit. Um, like, how do you feel when you're talking to this company or the person that you're considering? Does it feel good? Do you feel like you share the same values? Do you feel like you'd be comfortable having them represent you out in the world? Um, and then find out, um, would you be the one pitching me or is it a team member? And how do you train your team members? Because there are agencies that, um, and I'm not saying this is bad because we have a team member who is outside of the U.S., um, but we also compensate her the same way that we compensate everybody in the U.S. So finding out, do you work with um, people outside of the country or do you have folks that are here in the U.S.? How often am I going to get to talk to that person? Um, what is their training? Like, how how do you train them to do the outreach? So those would be things that I would strongly consider that you ask. Um, let's see, what else? I always ask to see a sample pitch. So can I see how you're representing your clients? Do you have uh, referrals that I could talk to? Could I talk to some of your current and past clients, clients to hear about their experience? And some people, I would say most people have testimonials on their website, which is great, but I don't know. I'm a little bit of a skeptic. So I like to actually take it a step further and talk to people about their experience. Um, what else? 
those are kind of the main ones. Oh, I guess the other question I was at would ask is what sort of, um, how many podcasts would I expect to be booked on? Again, this would be different if you're talking to an agency that books a certain number per month versus someone like us that gives you a range, but like ask, you know, so that again, your expectations are aligned. You're not expecting to go on 50 podcasts and then you only get booked on 10. Um, and then what sort of ROI are people seeing from working with you um, so that they can share real tangible examples like Jamie has of what's worked for her and what what has she seen from podcast guesting? Again, just so that you can set your expectations. Um, there are a lot of people out there teaching folks how to pitch themselves for podcasts with kind of the promise of instant clients and, you know, huge growth of your podcast and podcast guesting is a marathon. It is not a sprint. And so that's one thing that I tell prospective clients is, um, yes, a lot of our clients have gotten clients from podcast guesting, but it's not always like right away. And so just making sure that um, you don't have expectations that are maybe unrealistic or that um, you're not disappointed when things don't happen the way that you thought they would. So those are a few things I would say to consider. Yeah. And I think that last one is super important because someone can get a yes for you to be on a podcast. And the first date that works for that recording for both of you is three months out. Mm -hmm. And then based mm -hmm. on when things launch, it could be another three to six months before it airs. Yeah. And so it's like, even though they got that yes right away, it doesn't get into market until nine months out. Mm -hmm. And you, it's still like, okay, you, you got it, but you're not getting that immediate return. And then the nice thing about podcasts, which is why it's a great way, I think, to sometimes spend your marketing dollars is because podcasts are everlasting. It's not like a social media post that goes out and then it's like, oh, everyone forgets about it. People go back and listen to podcasts. If I know this is me. If I find a podcast I really like, I start binging on all the episodes. Mm -hmm. I'm not just like, oh, well, this is the recent one. Let me just wait till the next one comes out. It's like, ooh, what else do they have? Yes. So you could have people two years from now go and listen to that episode and make that connection and want to work with you. Yeah, and people do search. Like I will go into Apple Podcasts and search for a topic that I want to learn about and I'll scroll through all the episodes. And like, I just listened to something from 2020 the other day. So it doesn't necessarily have to be like, right at the time when it comes out. So as Jamie mentioned, it's evergreen. Um, I so prefer it to having to think about and plan all this content marketing for social media, because you're having a, we're having a conversation right now. And then once it goes live, it'll be there. Um, and how cool is that? <laughs> we're both relatively casual. I didn't have to like get all fancy for Instagram, which right. I never do. I don't, I don't do that. So <laughs> that's why this is my dream marketing strategy. Right. Yes. Yes. It is great. And yeah, like I think before we wrap up today, like, I think we, I just want to go back and talk about a lot of it, the bad pitches. Mm-hmm. Because there are some bad ones out there. And this is why it's super important to make sure you get the right people pitching you. Because as I said, there are some organizations that I know when I see it at this specific domain, it's most likely a pitch I'm going to say no to. I know that there's also ones where if I get a pitch from Julie's team, or there's another podcast pitching company out there, that if I get a pitch from that team, I'm most likely going to say yes, because I know they do their, did their due diligence. And this is actually someone that should be on my show. But some of the bad pitches that just really stick out at the top of my head right now. And these are simple, simple things to do is getting the podcast name wrong. Or sometimes we, they leave the, uh, the placeholder in, so yes. they don't actually put the podcast name in. I'm just like, Oh, okay. <laughs> or high first name in brackets. <laughs> yeah. Or, Oh, obviously I have a name that is gender neutral. So when I get podcast pitches that say he or sir or things like that, I'm like, you didn't even pull up an episode and listen yeah. to it. You didn't go to anything about my podcast because if you got to my podcast, you'd get to my website and you see my picture all over everything. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. So I'm just like, oh my goodness. Like, how can you tell me in more ways that you didn't actually do any research on my podcast? You didn't look at anything. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, we talked crazy. Yeah. We talked about ones where it's just like, so 
guest centric that you just read that and you're like, why do I care? And um, some of the other things that I think point out is occasionally you're going to be pitching on things that are maybe a little bit um, out of the norm of what is normal. And this is actually one thing I wanted to ask about, but I'm just going to talk about this first that I'll ask my question is so for example, um, a few uh, weeks ago it aired. And when this one came out, like I had a lady from Australia on, on my podcast in, in her pitch, like was talking about a lot of Australia and stuff. And I just had, I had to ask the question. I was like, well, my audience is us based. I actually do have some people in Australia that listen. I just want to make sure this is worth the, uh, the guest's time to come onto my podcast. So mm-hmm. if there's anything like that, I would say, make sure you kind of call that out of like, mm-hmm those things. Actually, I just got a pitch the other day with someone, it sounds like a great guest, but once again, they're in Australia. Mm, so I'm just like, is this, I just want to make sure before I take your time to record an episode that you understand that majority of my listeners are not in your, in your country. And we're talking about a country that has a significant time difference. So even if my audience <laughs> loves you, they might not be the right fit to work with you. So, you know, those are some things that call out, but I also think is some of my best guests have been people that they have their area of expertise that they typically pitch, but then what they're coming to talk about on my podcast is different because they're going to share their stories. They're going to share things that happen with their teams and their experiences, the good, the bad, the ugly. So you, they have what they normally pitch, but then they're getting really specific and saying, you know, while they're talking about themselves, um, and that, cause we also, I want to know what you could do for my audience, but that's yeah. really around sometimes your area of expertise. They'll include that this is what they do, but then this is what they really want to talk about. And I think that's good to do that because sometimes I don't care that you're a marketing expert and that you yeah. run the world's top marketing agency. We're not talking about marketing on this show. So make sure that, that you're including that. Cause the bad pitches, sometimes I'm just like, why is this relevant to my show? So I want to ask a question about podca- podcast pitching strategy. Who I can't get mm-hmm. that out right now. Um, <laughs> what do you think about things like that? Where do you ever really work with your guests where it's like, let's just do something different. Okay. You've been talking nonstop about your area of expertise. Yeah. Here's something we can do a little bit different to get in front of this different audience. Like I know I've, I actually have a a recording of someone I know that has a podcast on Friday that's talking about moms in business. And that's just like completely different. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's just one of those things where I enjoy talking about those things every once in a while, cause it, it breaks things up, but how does that work into podcast strategy? Yeah, I think it's a really important part. And I love that you brought this up because at the end of the day, we're all humans, you know, whether, I mean, we're all here for business and, you know, to, share a message and to create an impact and ultimately, you know, create a profit. Um, but we're all human and we learn through stories and hearing about people's stories where they maybe share vulnerabilities or things that have been challenging that they've overcome or something that's unique about them. So we have a client who she's a registered dietitian and she teaches baby led weaning. Um, and she has a very popular podcast about that. But one of the things that's really interesting about her, she's a mom of seven and has seven kids um, well, at one time they were all under the age of five. Can you imagine? <laughs> oh my goodness, no. And so, yes, while she talks a lot about baby led weaning, we also position her for certain shows to just talk about being a mom of seven and building this movement. And also she's a professor. So like, and those episodes are stellar. I mean, they're so interesting and fascinating. So I think anytime you can pull in things that make you uniquely you, and you can share those on the podcast. And also, you know, you talk about your business that comes up, but people want to know the person behind the business. And so absolutely it's part of our strategy. Awesome. Yeah. So if you're thinking about getting someone to pitch for you, it doesn't have to be what you do all day, day in and day out. You could have those additional fun conversations and share that behind the scenes on the personal side. So I love that. Yeah, or for like this things- podcast, come and talk about your team, even though it's not in hiring, even though that's not your area of expertise. Yeah. Um, one of the things that we've recently started doing with new clients is asking them, we call them fun facts, but 
you know, a lot of people, they automatically divert to like, oh, I'm not fun. I don't have any fun facts. But we had an onboarding call with someone this week and she had left that part blank on her intake form. And then we're talking and she's just dropping all these bombs of like, oh my gosh, I can't, like she grew up in a cult. <laughs> like, okay, we just need to change that to interesting facts maybe instead of fun facts. But because those can become a really integral part of the outreach because again, the more personal you can get and in some cases tie that into the host, like maybe the host also grew up in a cult. And if you can pull that piece in when you're pitching somebody, like that's pretty huge and a, and a huge point of connection as well. Yeah. Actually, that brought me back to something that I really like that you, you, you and your team do is you send over the list of podcasts that you're like, here's who we've researched. Here's who we mm -hmm. think we want to pitch you to. Do you see any issues with this list? And mm -hmm. I can go in and say, yeah, no. And I think there was one a, a few months ago that I said, actually, I met the host of this podcast at an event a few years ago. They might not remember me, but here's, here's the event we met at. We're also kind of from the same area of New York. That's one thing we talked about there. So then it was like, here's some additional information that maybe you can throw in when you're talking to this person specifically. Mm -hmm. And yeah. one of the reasons I love getting that list is the very, very first person I worked with who was pitching me for podcasts. And this was years and years ago. And because I was like, do I invest in this? Do I not? Should I be doing podcasting? Should I, should I not? The relationship didn't last very long. And one of the reasons why it didn't last very long is I said, send me a list of who you want to pitch me to, because I think there's, I know there's some shows I don't want to be on, but if you ask me to make a list of them all now, I'm not going to, I'm not going to think of them. And they didn't. And when they sent me a list of who they pitched me to, one of them on that list was someone that I didn't want to be pitched to oh. because I had a very negative interaction with this oh. business owner that I was like, even if they said yes, I would have never got on the show. And so it's just like one of the, again, it's like making sure you're doing, you're working with someone who's going to listen to you and meet your expectations, whatever those are. Yeah. I met a gentleman at a conference last year. He owned a PR agency and he was telling me about an agency that he worked with that um, they wouldn't share the list of who they're going to pitch you to unless you paid for an upgrade. And so he paid for the upgrade and they sent him over the list. And one of the shows was a competitor to him. He's so like, no, don't pitch me to that show. They pitched him to the show anyway. And so again, it's that piece of, it just makes you look bad to, you know, there are times when it might make sense to go on a competitor show, but for a lot of people, it doesn't. And so it's just, it's embarrassing for you. The host is like, why, why, why are you wanting to come yeah, on my why show? Would I want that person <laughs> on my show? But, but yeah, if you pitch it right, it's like calling it like right out of the gate. Like, you know, you two work in the same industry with a lot of the same clients. Here's a yeah. way where we think you guys could really collaborate for this yes particular episode where it's not just like, Hey, have this person come on and they're going to talk about exactly what you talk about and potentially try to steal your clients. So, so yeah, like, I think that's super, super important. All right. Well, we need to start wrapping up. So Julie, tell everybody how they can get in touch with you. Oh, thank you, Jamie. Um, we are at your expert guest. So that's our website. And as I mentioned, again, we have a checklist that we'd love to share with you to help you be the best guest ever. And that's at your expert guest <laughs> slash checklist. And I love connecting on LinkedIn and that's where I'm really most active. And so just look for Julie Fry um, on LinkedIn. So that's where you can find me. Sounds good. And of course, we will have all those links over at the show notes on growingyourteam.com. All right, Julie, my last question that I love to ask all my guests, we've all had leaders or managers that have stood out to us, whether it's someone we've worked with professionally or someone that we've interacted with in our personal lives. Think of a leader or manager that has stood out to you and share one thing about them. So I really had to rack my brain for this one because... I'm, I guess this is why I work for myself is a lot of my managers and supervisors were not great, <laughs> but one that stands out was when I was in college, I had this really fun job. There was a traveling art exhibition that came to the Seattle convention center. It was called treasures and traditions. And it was like Russian art. And our supervisor was so great. She made, even though we were all college kids, like she made us all feel like we mattered. She asked questions about us. She got to know us personally. 
and she was super fun. So, um, that was one thing that just really stands out is as a manager, when you can show an interest in your staff and get to know what makes them, them, um, ask questions, get to know them. What are their kids into? What are they into? I think that that really can make a difference. Yes. Yes. I feel like that's so important, which is actually funny. We, I just recorded a podcast yesterday and one of the things we talked about is that's also a thing as a good manager, when you know your team and you know who wants to talk about that stuff and who doesn't, because there's some people that want to talk about their family and they see that as a good connection. And then Mm -hmm. there's other people that see you as being really intrusive when you ask about their family and stuff all the time. So take the cues from your team, but if that's what your team member wants, and you don't give it to them, they're never going to feel at home at work. It's always going to be this huge disconnect. Yeah. Connected. I guess I bring that up because that's how I feel connected and seen is I want people to ask questions. Um, but yeah, it's just like everything with your team, you know, what motivates one team member might not motivate another team member. So understanding what motivates your team members is really important too. Yes. Yes. 100%. All right, Julie, thank you so much for joining us today on the Growing Your Team podcast. Thank you, Jamie. This was a lot of fun. Are you getting ready to hire and you wrote a job posting for your open position, but now you're left wondering, will it attract the right candidates? Hiring isn't as simple as telling people that you're hiring and having your perfect candidate show up ready to fill the role. Hiring just doesn't work that way, especially in the current market. The best candidates only apply to the positions that appear to be the right fit for them. If they don't find a connection between their job wants and your job posting, they'll skip over and go to the next opportunity. And in many cases, the reality is it's not the job isn't what they're looking for. It's not the job posting just didn't hit the mark. So is your job posting helping candidates see that your opening is right for them Or is it turning candidates away for all the wrong reasons? Let's find out. I am currently offering Will Your Job Posting Attract the Right Candidates audit. Through this audit, I will review your job posting. And I will tell you what's working and what needs to change so you can attract your idea candidates. So if you want your job posting reviewed by an expert before it goes live or If you have a job posting that just is not hitting the mark in the current market, sign up for an audit. Let's review it and make the changes needed so you can attract your perfect fit team member. Because remember, you can't hire a candidate who never applies for your job. And most candidates won't apply if they don't feel connected to the job posting. So let's make sure you have a job posting that will attract all the right candidates and help you make this hiring journey easier. Go to growingyourteam.com slash audit and sign up for your audit today. Once again, that's growingyourteam.com slash audit.